0: You don't have to hide you don't have to run you don't have to accept defeat like you can change the way you help self healing like this is amazing how is this kind of hidden right now
1: hello dharma talk community and welcome back for episode can you believe it number 10. i'm going to use this little milestone to express my gratitude for everyone who's been listening from the beginning And this project has really been so rewarding for me, not just because of the awesome conversations that I've gotten to have with some really inspirational people, but because of the feedback that I've received from some of you listeners. So to those of you who've already said something nice to me in person or through Instagram or email, I really appreciate it. And if you haven't yet, the best thing you can do to thank me is to leave a review on iTunes. And I know I say this at the end of every episode, but it really is important. And the reason why is iTunes cares. iTunes cares how many people subscribe, who's reviewed, who's rated, and they use that information to determine whether or not they should show this podcast to more people. So if you want to thank me, great, that's a way to do it. But if you want more people to hear the message of this podcast, then please, please, please leave a nice review on iTunes. Okay, that's enough about that. Now I want to tell you about today's guest. Because this week, I'm interviewing my friend Ainsley Ayers. Ainsley is an incredibly inspirational yogi. She can do all the wild and crazy postures. But more than that, when you first meet her, she just radiates joy. So much so that you would never expect what she tells me on this interview, which is that she got into yoga because... She found that it helped her to overcome issues with self-confidence and self-worth. So we do talk about that. We talk about specifically a cocktail of mantras and meditation techniques she's used to overcome self-doubt, build confidence, and find the joy in life. We also talk about being honest and unapologetic with yourself about your obsessions, regardless of what other people think or what other people's definition of normal looks like. And since she's been so successful in the yoga competition circuit, yoga competitions? What? Yeah, I know. We talk about why she competes in yoga and why competition has never felt antithetical to the nature of yoga as she's aligned with the practice. So you're going to get all of that right after just a couple of announcements. Yoga teachers, if you're not building your email list, you're doing yourself a huge disservice. Look, followers are great, but Instagram and YouTube, those things are all rented space. And if the companies that control them change the algorithm or pull out the rug from under you, your ability to communicate with your students en masse could vanish just like that. And that's why email is the most important tool in your tool belt for communicating with your audience. The platform that I use is called ConvertKit, and I've chosen it after testing out A lot of the alternatives because I think the user interface is intuitive, it's easy to use, and it's simple to design automations. If I'm triggering your technophobia right now, don't worry. That's just a way for you to spend less time on the computer so you can spend more time teaching and doing what you love. I use email and ConvertKit whenever I want to get in front of you guys about new podcast episodes, new online classes on my website, or a workshop coming up, or even to learn more about what you guys need. And ConvertKit has paid for itself many times over in private lessons, workshop attendees and other opportunities that have come my way through email. So here's my offer to you. I want to give you a 14 day free trial of ConvertKit, no risk, no strings attached. And you can sign up for that at henrywins.com CK. And when you sign up through that link, I'll also give you as a bonus, my three pronged list building strategy. And for the first 10 people who sign up after this episode airs, I'll also give you a 20 minute call with me over Skype to help set up your account. Sign up for your free 14 day trial of ConvertKit at henrywins.com slash CK. What's your purpose? What's your vision? What mark will you leave on this planet long after you're gone? I'm Henry Winslow, and you're listening to Dharma Talk, the only podcast where I interview inspirational yogis on how they're changing the world in their own unique ways. Whether you're still searching for your purpose or already walking the path, I hope these stories get you excited to live your dharma. Hello, Dharma Talk community. Welcome back for another episode. And today I have my friend as a guest, Ainsley Ayers. Ainsley is a silver medalist from the 2015 and 2017 USA national yoga championships. And in 2016 finished fourth at the world yoga sports championship. Apart from taking her onto the world stage yoga has also helped Ainsley recover from sport injuries, manage depression, anxiety, and ADHD, but above all else, Ainsley finds unending joy in practicing yoga and sees her life's purpose to spread the practice. So thank you so much for coming on Ainsley. How are you doing today?
0: I'm doing well, Henry. How are you?
1: I'm good. Thank you for asking. I'm so excited to have you on.
0: I know you too. I'm so excited.
1: Yeah. Well, let's just jump straight in. I always ask my guests the same first question and I'm not going to change that today. So what does the word (laughs) Dharma mean to you? And what is your Dharma as you understand it today?
0: Um, I think that's a phenomenal question. And I think it's also a great question to continually ask yourself um, throughout your life. It's not just one and done to me is what I think. Um, Dharma to me is purpose and your life's purpose and i feel like the nitty-gritty details of your dharma like what you should be doing to fulfill your life's this life's purpose um might change from time to time period to period in your life and um to me uh dharma is like fitting puzzle pieces together basically like you kind of know when it clicks and you're in the flow and you're fulfilling your life's purpose and you're doing the work that you need to be doing, um, in order to get there. Um, and for me, uh, why that I guess metaphor resonates so much is because my life's purpose, I feel like is, is to teach and to continually Practice so that I might still be able to teach and learn and discover and and spread the joy that is yoga, like like my bio said. But um, for me, uh, I guess I can almost instant, uh, relatively instantly, tell if I'm staying true to my dharma or my purpose or not. Um, Like decisions that I make, or basically, like I just feel totally liberated. And not to say that life is easy all the time, but whenever I'm really in the flow and really uh, working on uh, teaching, but also working on myself so that I might be the best channel that I can be, um, things are things just happen. And, and like the universe just has your back, not to sound like super yoga y, but the universe has your back when you're like doing the work that needs to be done. And um, several times in my life, like I've had instances where I've had, I've doubted myself and kind of like straight away, like maybe I should do this because this is more secure. And, and what, what really happens, it's not exactly a more secure path. It, it for me has led to uh, pain, not necessarily like extreme pain sometimes. Yes. But, uh, it just feels like, uh, this isn't working, and I'm being pushed out in some way. And um, so I think it's it's your life's work, your life's purpose. Mine definitely, I feel like, is teaching and, and making the practice of yoga accessible to people. I think a lot of times people think that it's this thing that, oh, I could never do that, or I'm not flexible, so I could never do yoga, but a lot of yoga isn't even asana or yoga posture anyway, but um, just the practices of being mindful and checking in and all these ancient gifts that have been given us that I feel like a lot of people, sometimes including myself, have forgotten. And um, and so just bringing that back, you know, applying that to your modern day life and, and living with as much enjoyment and joy as you can no matter what.
1: It really, it really does ultimately come back to the joy. Even when you're talking about, you know, those aspects of the yoga tradition that are so often forgotten, like you said. I mean, even the way that you choose to live your life, the yamas and niyamas, they're sometimes mm-hmm. called like the 10 commandments, you know, of the yoga <laughs> philosophy. Yeah. That Even those things, which aren't so easy and from a surface level, aren't necessarily about creating a joyful life. That's the outcome, right?
0: Right,
1: right. You know, I think it's, it's also interesting that you said that um, that Dharma, when you're in alignment with your Dharma, that's when things start to get a little bit easier when you're in the flow of life. Because I'm just going to make an observation from some of the past interviews. Some people mm-hmm. have said that, and some people have said it's the stuff that challenges you. And I think there is, you know, those seem like opposites. But even you just now said you have to continue practicing, even if yes. your Dharma is a teacher. So... It's like a, an interesting line that we, that we tow.
0: Yeah. And I think it's, it's interesting cause, um, I've, I've also been listening to the podcast and, uh, a lot of times we think we can, it's easy to get it confused. Like life is easy. I'm on the right path. Life is hard. I'm not on the right path or something is wrong, but the, I, I agree. I don't know that that's necessarily true. I think, you're not going to know what's good unless you have the bad, and you're not going to know what's easy unless you have the difficult. And I think it's important to—I um, don't know—keep our nose to the ground in, mm-hmm. in a sense, when it comes to dharma and and fulfilling work and practice.
1: So Ainsley, why don't you tell us a little bit about what your personal yoga practice looks like? Because you've already sort of started to allude to it a bit by saying that there's more to it than asana. But I'm sure, I mean, I am, and I'm sure the other listeners will be interested to hear um, what you're doing on a daily basis or weekly, whatever it is, and how it's supported you on your path.
0: Um, Well, like anything else, it's changed a whole lot. I mean, when I first started... I thought it was just physical postures and for really honestly, for like five or six years, it was just physical and I would do my yoga poses and that was my yoga practice. And, you know, nowadays I I kind of like smile at that because there are plenty of days where my yoga practice is seated meditation, um, doing transcendental meditation, TM and a whole lot of mantras, mantras, all day long are definitely you're loving the mantras loving it yeah I uh I just I just can't get enough of them because for me I guess I like to have a good time and I think that mantra you know you repeat the and it just like rips away any pain and suffering in your life like even if it's like hard or challenging and it brings a lot of painful stuff to the surface but like it's a way to just really tap into um the love that's everywhere at all times and so I I really enjoy I always say mantra every single day at least two I I just really like it right now and um
1: probably that
0: that might not change ever but um it's I okay so Back to the question, back on track. Well, actually, Day no, practice.
1: this is this is kind of an interesting little tangent that we're going on <laughs> because I can tell that you're very, you know, very passionate, very enthusiastic about this. Um, can you maybe give us an example of a way that using a mantra um, has really affected a change in your life, either recently or, or you know, not so recently?
0: Uh, yeah, I guess um, for a few years, so I have been teaching Bikram for a really long time well maybe not really long like five six years that's not long but uh and I had just kind of sensed uh, I was searching for something more and I knew that I wanted to just explore more of the not just physical postures but you know like yoga philosophy and feeling a little bit unsure about how I was going to do that, where I was going to go, if I was capable of making a switch, because I had been so into that community for feels like a long time, but it's
1: not when you say it out
0: loud. But um,
1: but relative to uh, however long you've been practicing yoga in general, sure. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So for a long, yeah, a longish time, and um, so I started to chant um, Om Gauravate Namaha. Uh, daily and to Ganesha to remove obstacles and I actually it was funny because before so I went to a vinyasa teacher training this past January um Jared McCann's vinyasa and um I think I might have seen you there yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's passing uh so I actually your wife, Veronica, um, introduced me to that mantra maybe like four months prior to the training, and it was funny. I would say like a couple of different mantras at at that time, and then she had, you know, introduced me to that one. And I, any day that I said that mantra, like, can I cuss on here? Yeah, maybe not. Okay. We've got the well, explicit sh-
1: rating. you you can okay. say whatever you need.
0: <laughs> uh, shit would hit the fan, like. Yeah. I don't know, just like things got brought up and I was like kind of scared, like a little gun shy of that mantra after like 10 times saying it and then like, oh my God, like what's happening? And, uh, and then so that, you know, day one of the vinyasa teacher training, I, I go, cause I'm like, this is the next step. I feel like this is the next step. Um, I, I admire the people that are like in charge and, and being a part of it. And I, I want to be a part of it too. So went up there first day, first thing is like a little bit like, okay, welcome everybody. And then we sit down and we're going to do our mantra. And the first one that he says is, Om Gam Namaha, and I'm like, oh my God, I got two weeks of this every single day. And, uh, it was just, it was kind of divine, honestly, because it was like, all right, face it girl, you know, like now's now's the time. And um and I feel, you know, unstuck. And I so I don't know, I guess it it's a good way to bring things to the surface. And it's not always kittens and rainbows, but it's a way to just be unfazed, I feel like, um, in your daily life, having a consistent mantra practice or um even just like sitting down on your butt for 5 minutes, I think that's a really great thing too.
1: Yeah. Um yeah. You don't have to answer yeah. this if it's too uncomfortable, but you know, what what came up? Like Ooh, why why uh, did why did you have the fear of having to do that mantra for 2 weeks straight?
0: Um I think, I'm trying to remember, like, the first, like, the, f- like, because there were first, there are a couple of things, like, the very first time, I think it was, like, old emotional patterns, because, um, like, I had a lacrosse coach um, that I'm actually grateful for, but at the time, I definitely wasn't, but, um, so I, I played at a competitive level, um, like, pretty highly competitive in uh, high school, and um, so I was the worst person on the team because, I mean, I was playing in Maryland and, like, they're so yeah. good there. And uh, so anyway, so I'd, like, the motherland, uh, yeah. So I'd I'd fly up there and just, you know, to give you an idea of, you know, my life in high school is, you know, blonde little cheerleader flies up after the Friday night game at 6 a.m. on Saturday to go play lacrosse and, like, I don't know, get – the snot beaten out of her (laughs) it was a really humbling experience but I you know I really needed it but um I was told all the time like you're not good enough uh you're too skinny you look too girly like your shorts are short they shouldn't be short they should be basketball shorts or lacrosse shorts I guess I don't know why but anyway like just a lot of um a lot of no like got beaten into my young little brain for several years and and then I would start to doubt myself and just assume and I don't know like that compounded with the fact that like growing up as a female in the south I feel like particularly like it's rude if you accept a compliment it's rude if you like own something you know like oh yeah this is good, and I'm happy that I did this, or I'm proud of whatever I did, it's like, oh, I couldn't have done that, like, I'm not good enough, and so,
1: yeah, curtsy, that, and, and twirl out,
0: right, yeah, exactly, so, like, not only growing up with, like, that mentality, but then also being, like, actually, you're not good enough, you're not, da-da-da-da. like, that gave me huge self-confidence issues, Um, and it was, you know, bad through college, and God, even, like, years after, but, um, you know, yoga has really turned it around and,
1: you know, just changing specifically the way that these mantras
0: specific, definitely the mantras. Absolutely. And, uh, but you know, it's funny cause like when I would say those mantras, I would have these days where I would just have like crippling doubt and I'd be like crying and not really know why. And like, old relationship patterns of like allowing somebody to treat me a certain way because I didn't feel like I was strong enough to be like actually like that's kind of fucked up or like you know actually wait like I deserve something better and um so like I feel like it brought the doubt that I had thought I had moved through up to the surface so I could really face it and um and it was you know it was interesting I had hadn't really thought about mantras in this way until, uh, I went to the training and Jared had said like, you know, we're going to do like the Ganesh mantra. And then we're also going to do one that kind of like, is going to keep your, you're going to keep your head while, you know, while you're saying all these mantras and like doing all these like, um, practices, like you'll be able to like ground yourself as well with this other mantra. So it's, it's kind of cool how like it's basically like making a smoothie or making a drink. you know what I mean? It's yeah, like you, you work this out the that.
1: cocktails that, yes. that provide the perfect combination of energetic <laughs> effects for you in that specific moment, whatever you're going through. Yeah, I can I can totally appreciate that.
0: Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, you know,
1: that's like a relatively recent discovery or addition to your practice. And mm-hmm. I know that you've been teaching for, for much longer than that. So... Why don't you take us back to a moment before that at some point where your dharma clicked or in some way you discovered or realized that you needed to be teaching?
0: Okay, um, that's a great question. So I uh, was practicing um, consistently. I started practicing consistently in college. Um, I a, a friend of mine had passed away and I just got really depressed. And, um, you know, long story short, found yoga. Oh my God. Loved it. Started going every day. And, um, I just felt like I got to share this, you know, cause I had no idea what yoga was. And like, I guess it was right when it started to get like super popular is when I started practicing. I don't know. But anyways, um, I was like, S- people have to know about this. Like you don't have to, hide you don't have to run you don't have to accept defeat like you can change the way your help self healing like this is amazing how is this kind of hidden right now and so i i don't know what major i was at this at the time but i just went into my counselor's uh office and i was like hey girl like what degree is going to get me out of here the fastest? Cause I just want to <laughs> teach. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we had like an honest conversation. So anyways, um, and I, I actually majored in psychology, which really helps me in my teaching. But um, so I got, I, I got certified to teach us just regular 200 hour RYT vinyasa um, in Knoxville. And so I was teaching at the time before I graduated and I, didn't know that I would be teaching full-time. I didn't expect that I could be, Um, again, self-doubt, but uh, so I graduated, and I I just had it in my mind. I remember thinking, like, you know, this just really feels right, and the moment that it starts to not feel right, I will go back to grad school for my, you know, math whatever they call it I don't even know about psychology like and then I'll you know that will maybe I'll teach on the side and maybe I'll incorporate it and that will be that end of chapter and um, knock on wood um, things have just worked out when I have been focused on my teaching and I've just accepted and like gone with it you know what I mean not been Mm -hmm. like okay maybe I need to stop now because we all know what yoga teachers make (laughs) but
1: uh we don't do it for the money that's for sure
0: we we sure don't but um it's such a beautiful life but yeah so I mean yeah so that was a really clear and I like kept every year being like okay the moment that it starts to not be working out um I'm just gonna you know I'll go a different route and that's not to say that I've had years where like, it's, been, it's been really hard to be a yoga teacher, but uh, I okay, yeah. absolutely love it.
1: I was just yes. about to, to say that because, yeah, nothing has knocked you off course so much that you said, I got to go get, you know, an office job and, or be a clinical psychologist or something, but right. it's never just a straight upward trajectory with anything in life. So right. take us to a different moment where you hit a wall living your dharma doing your teaching. What resistance did you face and what did you do to power through it?
0: Okay. Um so I uh da, 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 I'm trying to think of what year it was. I guess it doesn't matter, but maybe a few years back, I don't know, three or four. I really have no
1: idea. But I have been Saint teaching Louis. for some time.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I was teaching in St. Louis and I was uh studying with um, my friend, but also I consider her one of my mentors, Jessica Rask. And um my very best friend I had at the time okay, so backstory is um, you know, so I did a little competition thing. I was like just basically chasing the yoga, like moving around a lot, chasing teachers that I really wanted to learn from, chasing communities that I like really liked what they were about so we could like practice more together. Um Just basically a total nerd about it. So I go to St. Louis and I'm there and I'm really enjoying, you know, learning and and the yoga part, but um, it felt a little full throttle for me. Um, I just, I feel like I was avoiding other areas in my life. Anyway, so my best friend from uh, like I was since I was three was getting married and that kind of hit me hard I was like man I'm away from her and I'm away from all my friends and oh my god I've been away for like three years doing this thing like what's it all about why am I doing this I'm moving back home and so I uh I moved back home to Memphis and I I'm actually really glad that I did because I I would wanted to like be a part of every single process and every party and stuff. And I think that's important. So anyways, I was there and, um, I was trying to find, I was like, okay, I'm going to move back and just be a teacher here. And, uh, so I moved back and, um, I could not find a full time teaching job to save my life. Uh, I was teaching two or three classes a week and, um, (laughs) I mean, I'm not even going to tell you what I was getting paid. It was, like, nothing. And uh, so there was just I, – I, like, thank God uh, my parents still live in my hometown, Memphis. Um, and so I, you know, I was, like, living there. It was just – it was a real hard time. And I couldn't find uh, a studio because at the time I was practicing uh, Bikram yoga and like one vinyasa every few weeks, but really not that much at all. But, uh, so I couldn't, I just couldn't find a community to plug into, to do the practice that I wanted to do. Was there no Bikram studio?
1: Uh,
0: there was, but, um,
1: yeah. Okay. Okay. (laughs) It didn't, it wasn't up to snuff.
0: It was, yeah, you know, just, I'm not, I, I don't know, So. Well, based on your okay.
1: standards at the time, you know, you were right. hitting it really yes. intensely. When you said you were traveling around, are you talking about doing like Mary Jarvis's shape-shifting weeks yes. and that sort of thing?
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I was doing third sets and I wanted to do it because I, you know, I mean, we can talk about that a little bit, but like I'm, I'm a full believer in if you can stick your leg behind the head, what are you waiting for? Stick your leg behind the head and make it work. Like, don't be like, oh, I can do that one day a week or I'll do that tomorrow. Like, do it now because you're not guaranteed that anyways
1: yeah um, I mean so, I think that's true of everything in life if you oh, can do it now do it now
0: right because because you never know but right. um and why not but so anyway so like I I just couldn't I couldn't practice really how I wanted to and I certainly couldn't teach how I wanted to and um and I really thought that I wanted to be in a life that was kind of similar to the life that I knew, I don't know. And, but like still be in the yoga community and I just couldn't find a job. And so I would play a recording of, I had two friends that I had recorded their classes and I would play on my phone that class every single day, um, by myself. And I would practice like in my garage or, um, in my room. And then I would do my Mary Jarvis homework and all my back bends and blah 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 and so it ended up being like four hours alone in a small room and I it was actually right now a lot of times most of my practice is a home practice and I'm really loving it but at the time I don't know that I was exactly ready for a steady home practice I don't think I had the tools or the yeah. mental strength to do it but um so it was, uh, it was really hard because I knew what I wanted to do. I knew what I needed to do, but I just couldn't do it. So I was kind of at a riff, like, do I stay here and and be with my friends and blah, 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 or do I just get out and I just, you know, no one to fold them. And uh, so it was like six months of really trying to make it work and teaching workshops, but you know, like I at the time, like I was lucky to get one workshop a month. You know, teaching and that that wasn't enough to cut it really, and um, so I that was hard. That was really hard a time. But you know, it was actually really good because then like it was a test. It wasn't like are you practicing all this much and doing all these things because it's convenient or because everybody else around you is doing it. It really showed me like no. This is, like, what really fulfills my soul and makes me happy and keeps me grounded is a, is a steady, consistent practice. And it really, like, uh, I don't know, put some put some meat on my spiritual bones. Yeah. If that, you well, know.
1: What I'm taking away from that is, like, you made this decision to come back home because something in you was telling you that you should be more balanced, that, like, your life was, like, a little bit too, um, like, focused or obsessive. Um, Yeah. Side note, like, I think a lot of us share that a lot of us that like dive headfirst into our yoga practice, we all have a little bit of that (laughs) obsessive element in us. Yeah. But you know, then once you got there, you still kept doing it. So you didn't really (laughs) actually give yourself the balance that like your head told you because your heart wanted to keep being obsessive. And, you know, it's like, you don't need to necessarily play by someone else's rules. That, that's what I get from that. What, what would you want our As, listeners to take away from that story?
0: Well, absolutely. Uh, I, I agree. Like, you don't have to play by someone else's rules. Because what also I found was, like, go. you know, being in Memphis and uh, or just, like, being anywhere, I don't know, like, feeling like, okay, I can play both sides. I felt like I had to prove to, I don't know, myself or somebody else, like, no, like, I'm the cool girl, I can, like, juice and do whatever, like, makes me real happy and do yoga all day, and then, like, go out and, like, drink a bunch, it just caused pain, because it was so total opposite, and I felt like I was living my life to prove that I could do it all, and and it just, for me, like, it just wasn't working, and so finding balance is also, like, not partaking in everything for the sake of balance, you know what mm-hmm. I
1: mean? Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: on so, on yeah, the same
1: like, on the same note of the the obsessive yogi, can you tell us a little bit about how you got into the competition circuit and what you know what purpose that served for you or continues to serve yeah. for you?
0: Um, yeah. so I was practicing at a studio, and the studio owner was uh, like really into it and I had no idea like any of that even existed. And, um, and there, I don't know, maybe it was like 2008, 2009. And and they're like, Hey, you should do this like competition thing. And I was like, what? It just kind of naturally fit though uh, because, you know, I grew up playing competitive sports. So like a competition was something that like was very natural to me and something that I didn't ever see it as me against somebody else it had always been in sports like okay perform at a higher level because for you not like beat this other team or whatever and so I was drawn to that aspect of it and also it felt good to share something that's so private I feel like you know like you're your yoga practice, it's not something that you're doing on the street all the time or that everybody sees, like maybe everybody knows that about you that you practice, but certainly, I mean, well, maybe now with Instagram, I don't know. But, uh, so anyway, so I, I competed in 2009, 2008, I don't know. And, um, it helped me, it gave me a little community, honestly, cause I knew, I wasn't, I just didn't, I like joined a sorority in college and then immediately was like, what am I doing? This is not for me. And it's great for other people, but it just wasn't for me. And, um, and I, I just felt a little lost. Like I was doing these things. I thought I should be doing them, but I was like, this doesn't feel right. So it's, it felt really nice to have a community that I could go and practice with and train for this competition and, and do yoga that made me so happy. And, um, and for me, like I've, I've, you know, luckily been kind of successful at it, but for me, I love just meeting other yogis that are passionate about, um, about the practice and that are enthusiastic about practicing and, I love watching people do yoga and I love seeing like, oh, that's something I hadn't even thought about doing or, you know, it just feels good to support somebody. So, um, it's given me an opportunity to teach workshops, which has been nice and, and go out and put my name out there, which is great. But, uh, selfishly I like it because I get to see my friends <laughs> whenever yeah. it's like basically. And a lot of people are like, what is this competition thing? Like, Oh, I yeah. Really so many people it. like
1: have this gut reaction that it's antithetical to what yoga is all about. But yeah. I mean, the way that you just put it is it, you just hit the nail on the head. At least, and, you know, it's that resonates with my experience with it, too. It's really, it's like a yoga reunion. And it's all yeah, about the community.
0: Yeah. The best way I can describe it is it's like Comic-Con, but like for yogis. So like only the like nerds come out for it and just have the best time ever and not everybody has to understand it and that's fine. But, um, and not everybody has to do it. If they're, if they love yoga, you, you can never compete. I don't know. It's just a good thing to do. And, um, and two, like being now that I, like I didn't compete nationally this year, but I mean, I will, I will internationally again and I'm excited to like see all the people that I met last time. But, uh, For me, it's really fun now because, um, like, where I am teaching, some people will come up and and say, like, I think I want to, like, compete. And so you can kind of, like, it's a way to give back and, like, you see that light go off and you see them start to get a little bit more dedicated to their practice and get a little bit more excited about things and also, like, carry themselves. Uh, You know, they've got a little bit more self-confidence, not conceit, but confidence in themselves. And I think that's something that I really enjoy doing. Um, and if it, you know, if my name is associated with, you know, competition and stuff, but I get to see that part of it, like the other people, their lights go off and, and they just like turn this new page in their practice because they're really dedicated to it now. Um, I think that's a really a uh, huge uh, gift that yeah. I get to
1: have. Well, if I recall from you know earlier in this conversation, confidence and and building that sense of self was one of the original things that really drew you into the practice in the first place. So I can yes. totally see why the competition would would be so beneficial for you.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it's it's been such a you know great thing to be a part of, and um, yeah, it's it's good to see in other people what it does too. Yeah.
1: Okay, uh, Ainsley, tell us one more story. Take us to a major win, um, whatever that means to you, that reaffirmed your conviction in your teaching and yourself and the impact that you're making. So what happened and what did you do with that success to keep it up?
0: Ooh, uh, let's see. Um, hmm. I guess, Uh, well,
1: I know you I have something. That... You have something coming up.
0: Oh right. Okay, that's a, okay. Yeah. So um, thanks, Henry. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so... Try to come in with a lifeline every now and then.
0: Okay. Thanks. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Mackenzie and I, Mackenzie Dreer and I, are hosting a retreat in July in Puerto Morales at Casa Ohm, Um and it's in July first through seventh, and I. Actually, I had some people sign up, and so like today I've been walking around with my head a little higher and a little skip in my step. But uh, you know, I knew I needed to do that because she had asked me to, like, "Hey, would you want to?" And um, I was a little gun shy because I was thinking, like, "Are people going to sign?" You? Uh, McKinsey. Oh, McKinsey. I was like, "Would you want to?" And um, and like do this thing with me? And I was. For I you know, I put it off kind of like for a month I was like noticing myself being like no and then I started to ask why am I saying no like is it because the timing is it because this or that and it was because of a fear like I had this fear what if no one signs up when I and that happens to like every workshop that I teach like what if no one signs up and yeah. so what you know but, yeah.
1: uh, but I mean I've had so, I've had workshops where no one showed up. It's, Ooh, it happens too. yeah it, t-
0: it happens and you yeah you still got to be like thank you Memphis
1: <laughs> yeah you teach like the three people who who bothered yeah. to come and you and you enjoy the experience and you you learn something from it
0: you know I mean, what that's... sometimes those are yeah sometimes those are the most fun because then it's just you're hanging out doing yoga but so I was like is any you know I don't know if people are going to come. I don't know if I'm good enough to do this. And then I was like, you know what? Uh, Actually, that means that I absolutely have to do this. And um, so I just like keep repeating to myself, like you're capable of this. You are, you know, you're more you're ready. And so I said, yes, we made a flyer. And we've gotten some really positive feedback. And um, so that's been, I guess, a more tangible thing of like, yeah, you're on the right path. But it feels, uh, it feels good to put yourself out there. And sometimes that's really scary. And sometimes it's not successful or fun. But, uh, you know, the alternative, I feel like is, is a lot worse than like, whoops, oh well, you know. So I'm uh, yeah. really excited about it and I hope that everybody comes.
1: Yeah. So, how can people f- find out about that? Where okay, can they go so to you, learn more about that?
0: You can go to my fancy dancy new website. It's ainsleyairs.com and I've got a, a name that's hard to spell. So it's a i n s l e y a y r e s.com forward slash retreats and you can get more info or you can sign up um, through my website
1: cool and that'll be linked in the show notes so don't worry too much about having to write down the spelling <laughs> <laughs> thanks yeah okay insley apart from getting your message out on the podcast what are you doing today to live your dharma
0: oh today uh well today i taught a class and that's The class that I'm going to teach today and I actually uh, just finished practicing. I think it is the most important thing to keep practicing as a teacher because you've got something to give them Um, and I so today I'm practicing and teaching and I still need to do my meditation so I will be doing that before I clean my closet tonight. That's a big one. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just, uh, you know, like I think it's important just like checking in, keeping up with your practice and, you know, teaching. Yeah, sure. But um,
1: cleaning out all those closets,
0: cleaning out all those closets, man, and just and enjoying it, you know, so I'm having a great day doing okay. all this stuff.
1: All right. Well, let's let's take it over to the prana round. The turnaround is where I ask you six rapid-fire questions and ask you to answer in as little as one word, maximum one sentence. Got it? Okay, yes. Ready to go? Yes. Okay. In one word, why do you practice yoga?
0: Ah, Freedom.
1: What's your favorite yoga pose and why? Uh, You know... You must pick one.
0: I know. Uh, I love them all. But the one I just love is full wheel um, because I just, I feel like maybe that's how I should be standing at all times just because I love that feeling. It feels like, this is so cheesy, but this is actually what came to my mind. It just feels like home. Holding my ankles and being in a back bend just feels right.
1: Nice. Okay, (laughs) what is the single best cue? And that can be, you know, like physical or general piece of advice that you've ever received from a yoga teacher?
0: Uh, enjoy the work.
1: Enjoy the work. Okay. Recommend one book, modern or ancient, for our audience.
0: Okay. Um, it's the Book of Joy. And it's, uh, it's by Douglas Abrams, but it's, also, it's like Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu have a combo. And um, Douglas Abrams, like, records it. But it's phenomenal. Changes your perspective.
1: Great. Okay. Is yoga for everyone?
0: It is for the willing. And it's a hard uh, path to walk. It's really hard, actually. But um, it's the most rewarding, I feel like. And uh, if you're willing, it's there.
1: I like that. It's for the willing. Yeah. Okay, how can our audience get in touch with you and what can we do to support you in your dharma?
0: Okay, Um, well, you can get in touch with me uh, on Instagram through my Insta handle or whatever they call it, is Ainsley Ears. And you can also go onto my website and it has pretty much all my contact info. It's ainsleyears.com. I've got a Facebook page, Ainsley Ears Yoga Um, But if you go on my website, you can see um, my upcoming events, uh, the retreat, you can sign up for it. And um, thanks to Karma Savvy. And you can uh, support me in my dharma by living yours and helping us all do the same.
1: I love it. Ainsley, thank you so much for joining us on Dharma Talk. It's been a pleasure to have you on and keep enjoying life.
0: Thanks so much, Henry.
1: You got something out of this episode if you like dharma talk and want to keep it going please do me a huge favor and subscribe rate and review on itunes i know it's not the most convenient thing to do but it makes all the difference in getting the show out there and more visible to other people who can benefit from it and hey if you've got feedback or ideas or you want to get in touch with me you can do that on instagram at HenryWins. Otherwise, I'll talk to you next week. And until then, keep living your Dharma.